This is episode number 252 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Let's kick off with a massive shout out to our show sponsor, Smith Street Paleo. Remember, if you go over to iTunes, give the show a rating and leave your comments over there, you will win a massive sample bag of Smith Street Paleo goodies. It's well worth doing. Go and check out all their recipes, smithstreetpaleo.com, and thank you to those guys for their support. Dre, here we go. Second podcast for you. Super excited. Super excited. Did you get any good feedback from your first podcast with Boz? Haven't really heard any yet. Hopefully some will come. You'll definitely have some more uh, Instagram followers. This topic though, mate, we're going to talk to Andy Savage about climbing Kilimanjaro. Your initial thoughts on climbing mountains? Very interested. My uh, my dad, my brother used to climb mountains, so yeah. pretty stoked to hear about this mountain. Hear what's going on. What do you do? What do you reckon? My, my brother and my dad, they did the... Um, uh, Mont Blanc, Mont Blanc, in France. Yeah, four thousand eight hundred. Decent, a little height. more technical. Cold. Very, yeah, very cold. yeah. We'll uh, we'll see so, we'll see what this is. This one's yeah, all about obviously definitely a different deal. Kilimanjaro, different continent. Yeah. Let's go and have a chat with Savage. Cool. Here he is, probably one of the biggest supporters of the Inner Fight Podcast, Mr. Andrew Savage. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome Man to himself. the show. Good morning. This is it, Dre. You, I mean, you've not been here so long, but this guy, if there's a podcast, he asks a question. He, Lovely. He asks all the questions. So, we're, luckily, we've got him here today. And, mate, not to, not to ask questions, not to answer questions, but to speak about what you got up to over summer, which was not a Club 1830 in Mallorca or Ibiza. Tell us a little bit of... Give us an introduction to what you did this summer, mate. Okay, so... Um yeah, this summer we, uh, we, we got a call, um, my wife and I got a call from uh, her cousin actually and she was going on a, a six month tour around the world and she was starting off in, uh, in Tanzania and, and she was planning to do Kilimanjaro. Right. So of course she had to go via Dubai so she asked us, you know, do you fancy coming along? <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, we definitely fancy <laughs> that. Uh, as, as we, you know. we, we wanted to get involved in that. So that, that's how it, it started basically. I mean, there wasn't really a lot of thought that went into it. Yeah. It was just kind of a... A brief conversation. Do you fancy doing Kilimanjaro? Didn't really know a lot about it, and uh, and and that was what, that was the way it panned out. What did you know about Kilimanjaro before you said yes? yes we'll come with you. <laughs> the only thing I knew was it was relatively high, but that you could climb it without any technical abilities. Right. That was the only thing that I knew. And had you done any sort of climbing before, or? Uh, yeah, but no, I mean the. In terms of altitude, uh, about 12 years ago, my wife and I were in Nepal and we did the Annapurna circuit there, which is just under 5,000 meters, I think, 4,800. So right. 12 years, um, no climbing or nothing? Nothing. I mean, I, I, okay, we did a little bit of, uh, we were in Indonesia as well and we went up a volcano, but nothing like this. I mean, nothing yeah. for like five, six days. It was just like we'd go on like a day trek or something. We went to Sri Lanka and did a, like a five-day cycle ride, but, but nothing, no, nothing like that on the trekking side. Cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, you know, it was, um, it was something that was a little bit out of the blue that uh, we just thought, you know, we'll, we'll So this is you, your wife. And, and her cousin. So okay. there were three of us. So okay. me and the two girls. And how much preparation did you have? Like from she asked you, you said yes. Uh, like two months. Two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you, so talk to us about what you did in those two months, mate, to sort of, I don't know, get ready for it or learn. I guess first off, you learn about it, right? I had a little bit of a read about um, sort of how it was possible, what you needed to do, because obviously we needed to actually arrange it. We'd, it was literally just a, a conversation that was, 
um, you know, let's go and climb Kilimanjaro. So obviously we needed yeah. to book it, we needed to sort of the guides, the porters and everything. My initial thought, um, because my wife and I did the Annapurna circuit, um, like just completely alone, we didn't take any porters, we didn't take any guides. So yeah. I thought, you know, Kilimanjaro, let's save a bit of cash. Being, I'm a Yorkshireman, I, I wanted to save a bit of money. Um, I said, let's uh, let's do it ourselves. You know, we'll carry our own equipment and not realizing the sort of the gravity of the situation. So we then realized that it's not actually possible to climb it without any porters and without guides. You need to be okay. in an organized group. So the next thing we, we did is we, we contacted our friend Sam, who was a she's a travel agent, and she gave us the options for the different routes and everything. Yeah. We had a little read about you know what was available. And so you actually did prepare a little bit. A little bit of preparation. <laughs> okay, a little bit of reading yeah, on, yeah. on the types of routes and stuff, but not not too much. I mean, she came back and we were like, yeah, okay, it looks good. Let's do it. When when you started reading about it, mate, and understanding, like you said at the start, you knew it was quite a big mountain. You you know when you first heard about it, but when you start. Re- You'd already committed to it. Mm. Now you start researching into it. Yeah. What are you starting to think? What have I done here? No, I got quite excited. Actually, <laughs> yeah, 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 I liked it. I liked it. it, it I mean, what? it looked like because um, I only knew one person who who knew someone who'd done it, and they right. said uh, he was really unfit and he he managed to pack it, no problem. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't do any preparation other than coming here. It was just the normal. You know, yeah. just, I, I was just, I did nothing different at all, um, other than. Uh, yeah, actually nothing. I was just here um, the same as normal. Um, and, and my only point of reference was this one guy who was apparently relatively unfit, and he, he managed to climb it. Right. But he was the only one out of his group that made it because the rest had to turn back because of altitude sickness. Right. So I, I knew that I didn't think fitness would be a problem for any of us. In fact, I knew it wouldn't be. But yeah. I, I, I knew that altitude sickness may be a problem. Now, the, my only time at high altitude or at such a high altitude was Annapurna in Nepal, yeah. and I, I got altitude sickness there. Oh, wow. Um, so I felt it before. So I mean, I wasn't bad, but I, I knew what the symptoms felt yeah. like. Talk us through those symptoms a little bit, mate, because I think, I, I mean, I personally, I don't know about you, Andre, but I've, I've never had altitude sickness, so I've no idea nope. what it's like. And I, I think I, from what I've heard on a lot of these things, th- when you first get altitude sickness, that the sort of shock of it or what's happening to your body because it's something that you're experiencing for the first time really not freaks you out but you're like, you don't know how to do yeah, it. it so what was it what was it, it like it definitely it takes you by surprise so i mean it, so I'll, I'll talk about nepal first because yeah. that's where the first reference came from i mean um we we, we were hiking over a, a peak basically which is just under five thousand meters and as, as we got to the top of this peak you, you very quickly started feeling like a stabbing pain in the stomach like almost like a wow. like you really wanted to throw up yeah. um headache i mean the, the headaches were were really bad I, I i never get headaches like on a on a day-to-day basis so for me it was quite a shock right and um both in annapurna and and also in kilimanjaro it felt like someone was putting your head in a vice and just squeezing it yeah i mean it was really really kind of really like tight like some there a lot of pressure on your head right um and obviously you know acute mountain sickness is is to do with the lack of oxygen in your blood yeah. and yeah um you know when people get into real problems from that it, it's to do with like swelling in the brain lack of oxygen and and obviously you know y- your body's been starved of the oxygen and, and that's what takes the pressure on, y- on your head and so. that's a very normal problem when going in high altitudes yeah so what do they tell you to how to prevent it i know by going slower up the mountain or the trek or whatever it is exactly so it mean, helps yeah the, the the key is to to climb slowly and to, to try and acclimatize but yeah. there's, there's various things that you can do um they, they try and help you um with with water i mean i was drinking in kilimanjaro i was drinking about seven eight liters of water a day um, so wow. I, was, I was putting a lot of water away. That's quite a lot. Um, they were they were giving us food um, like 
hot hot breakfast, hot lunch, hot dinner, and you just do not want to eat at that level. I mean, okay. you're, so in you, your altitude, you completely super lose. Thirsty, but not hungry at all. Not not in the slightest bit hungry, and that's that's wow. one of the uh, symptoms of altitude sickness is that you completely lose your um, your appetite. Wow. Uh, but you, yeah, you you just want to, and and it, I was conscious as well that. Uh, drinking water would um, would alleviate symptoms of altitude uh, sickness. So, I, you know, I was consciously drinking more and more water. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that we did is we took Diamox, which is a specific uh, medicine uh, for altitude sickness, which right. apparently increases the acidity in your blood, uh, which basically fools your body into thinking that there's more oxygen in your blood. Wow. And you take that pretty much from the start? Uh, yeah, you take that the day before you start the ascent, uh, oh. the, like the start the climb. Talk us through then, mate. How does it? Because there's a there's. I mean, Dre, you've got some interesting stats on Kilimanjaro, what it is, and what sort of the height is and stuff. Because yeah. I think to, this really creates a bit of perspective on the mountain, actually. Yeah. So I mean, Kilimanjaro is the fourth highest mountain in the world. It's uh, one of the seven summits that you can climb. Um, it's Africa's highest mountain in the northern ta- part of Tanzania. Uh, it's basically built up by three volcanoes, and it's one of the only mountains in the world that's not um, in a, like the Alps are, with like surrounded by other mountains. Yeah, in, a, in a range. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that's because that, that's that's very evident when you're climbing it. Actually, it is the, it's it's the world's highest freestanding mountain. Yeah, right. And and exactly. when you say about the volcanoes, you know, when you get you're literally climbing into the ra- into the crater of the volcano when you it's get crazy. to the top. So wow. it's that's pretty impressive. Cool. I mean, if you see a if you see a photograph from uh, from above, it looks amazing. I mean, you you lose the perspective a bit when you're inside it, but it's yeah. it's quite evident that you're you're walking into a crater. And it's just below six thousand meters, so just below yeah. twenty thousand feet. Yes. So a very very decent height. Yes. Another fun fact about that is that a lot of well, the stats I've read is that most people do this trek in forty six days, which compared to many of the other mountains is short amount of time mm. which makes it a little more risky and a little more dangerous with the altitude sickness for example yeah. because your body simply can't adapt in those short days exactly they, they recommend actually um there's a couple of routes or the most popular routes are like seven seven or eight days uh yeah. the one that we did was kind of five or six days um and uh the advantage with the route that we took is that you climb to a higher elevation and then you sleep at a lower elevation on one of the days which really helps so you walk up to like I think it's 4,600 meters during the day. Do you want to talk us through from, I yeah. think that would be quite interesting, yeah, mate, from like day one, sure. just give us it and, 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 and then we'll chip in and abuse you as sure. we see fit. <laughs> so, I mean, the, 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 overall, um, the overall trek itself is not actually long. It's only, uh, you're going to be a bit disappointed when I tell you this, it's only 62 kilometers uh, <laughs> like as a round trip. Um, but I mean, you know, when you're, t- when you're talking about walking at such yeah. high gradients, What's um, the steepest gradient on it then? I have no idea in terms of technical, but I mean, you, yeah. you're, you're literally walking, you know, at a real snail's pace for, really? for a lot of it. On, yeah. on the ascent night, particularly, you know, it's, it's, it's super, super, super steep. Slow. How much are you carrying? How much is your well, backpack and so okay, on? Okay, so um, because you have to take porters... Um, yeah. So we were surprised. You, you actually. chose to take porters. <laughs> we were forced to take porters. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> we were surprised actually. With, within our group, there were um, we had to have a, a team of thirteen people support the three of us. That's what? three three porters per person. That's like a limb. That's like one limb each and yeah, one left over. Basically, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and, uh, so so they advise you to just carry a day pack with your water and like a couple of layers in it. But yeah. I. 
Um, I chose to carry my own pack, so I had a, like a 16 kg pack with wow. with water. Oh, that's so I carried idea. that. I carried that every day until the the final ascent, which is where wow. you just go with bare minimum, basically. Yeah. So my porter got off pretty lightly. <laughs> wasn't <laughs> carrying anything. I, I hope you didn't give him a very big tip. <laughs> so, mate, we, we'll skip the the two or three days just relaxing, drinking beer, and having a nice time yeah. in yeah. Zanzibar before yeah. you got there. That was your like the final preparation. He's on the beach having a few beers and stuff. <laughs> Would talk us through the sort of the five or six days up to the top of the mountain. Yeah, so day one was a bit of a shock actually. We were we were expecting it, or we'd, we'd been led to believe that it was quite an easy day, right? Um, and it was seven hours of like solid uphill trekking through through a rainforest, uh, mm. which was pretty nice. Saw a few monkeys and stuff. Oh wow! Um, but that was pretty relentless. You know, we were expecting, and and at this point, you know. We'd kind of read about the whole thing, but we, we didn't really know what we were expecting. So and day yeah. one, you kind of expect to slowly get slowly. into it. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and slammed and we, in seven yeah. hours. And it was pretty relentless. I mean, we were just walking uphill through a forest like for really? a long time. Um, and, and then we, we got to the first uh, first campsite. So we were camping, by the way. There's another route where you can take, you can take uh, huts. Right. We call it the Coca-Cola route. So. If you're right. a bit of a pussy and you don't like camping, then you can go. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you went hardcore, we but went you had 13 porters. Yeah, exactly. They okay, carried cool. the tents. <laughs> 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 oh, so they, hang on a minute. This is getting better. So they carry the tents for you? They carry the tents. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So they, they carry everything. I mean, the food, the, the tents, they, they carry everything that, wow. that, that you need. Um, That's so cool. And then they just, so they set up the tents. Yeah, so they, they literally, these guys, they, they each port is allowed 25 kg. They're, right. they're weighed at every station that you stop at to make sure that they're not above this specific weight. Oh, that's cool. Um, right. And, and they, they basically run ahead of you yeah. with 25 kg on their head. Um, on their head? On their head. They, yeah, randomly just, you know, the hands are free, but they're carrying 25 kg on their head. Wow. Um, and then they go and set up the camp. By the time you get there, you know, you've yeah. got nice hot water for washing. That sounds and, uh, really hard. <laughs> <really. laughs> it's cool. That's, uh, yeah. hey, Dre, we should go there, train yeah. a bit. We'll, t- we'll, we'll tell them that we've invented backpacks. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So, they, so they're, they're ahead of you getting the camp and everything ready. Yeah, so, so every day every day that you you have a camp or you stop for lunch or something, then yep. they're always ahead of you and uh, awesome. you know, set up and everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, day one was like is, is kind of... Uh, rainforest, um, like seven hours. Every day is kind of six, seven hours. Right. Of, non-stop of or how does that work? Uh, more or less non-stop. Usually we'd stop for like an hour for lunch. Okay. Right. If it was cold, then it would be, you know, probably half an hour. Yeah. Um, but but generally they would be very, as I mentioned before, they're, they're keen to feed you a lot. Yeah. And, and, and they're aware that, you know, you could get mountain sickness if you, if you don't eat. So yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pushing the food down you. So they make you stop for, uh, for lunch and, and for dinner as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, day one was is is rainforest, and then uh, you emerge from the rainforest and you into like a, an open area where um, it's kind of moorland and um, scrub. Right. Very very open, so it's pretty windy, pretty cold. At this time, you get into like probably about freezing temperatures at night. Right. Um, so it's pretty cold in the tent. And the wind has a big impact. The wind has a huge impact. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you, you just. You know, a couple of uh, kilometer an hour of, of wind, and it makes a huge difference. Um, so, and also in the sleep quality as well, because the noise that you get from the wind is whipping around the tents. And, yeah. and if you, there's a couple of nights that we didn't sleep very well, and, and it makes the next day a lot harder if you've not slept so well. Yeah. And already at altitude, it's pretty. How many hours to sleep. would you sleep at night? That we work? would we would go to sleep at probably around eight o'clock every night, and we would wake up at six. But wow. the sleep okay. would be very interrupted. I mean, wh- wh- again, one of the in, um, one of the mountain sickness um, is is 
vivid dreams and a very light sleep. So the vivid dream sounds. Uh, yeah, vivid, tra- about that. vivid dreams are so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so you're up at six and into it by sort of eight o'clock. Would you start moving yeah. that early, mate? Yeah, yeah. Seven thirty, eight o'clock. Right. You're on. You're on the road again. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you'd aim to finish kind of three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So first day rainforest. Yeah. Then bit then harder than you thought. Bit nice harder than we sort thought. Baptism. Yeah. And then actually, when we, we we arrived at the first camp, and then we did a acclimatization walk that night. So we did an extra two hours that night. So we just went up another probably another two hundred meters. Right. Um, and then back down to to sleep, which actually really helps with your acclimatization. With, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you you move on. Um, you actually then uh, through kind of the same kind of terrain, very open. Um, but you start to get views of, of the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and you can right. see the glaciers, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. But it looks so far away. I mean, you, you, really? you know, you're not actually walking that far, but it, it really looks a long way. And yeah. you think, there's no way I'm going to reach that in, uh, you know, in a few days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then um, you're, you're then into kind of like a semi-desert kind of climate. Um, wow. Lots of big boulders, lots of sand. Um, at this point, it starts to get a little bit more difficult because you're walking in like almost like gravel. Right. Um, so you're kind of treading a lot um, of, of of the ground away, yeah. uh, which gets pretty tricky. Um, and then on on one the third day, you actually walk up to a place called Lava Tower, which is a huge um, tower made from you know from, from lava. lava. Yeah. Um, and that's at four thousand six hundred meters, and then you drop wow. down to three thousand nine hundred. So already in so three days, you're already already at, at three days. Yeah, exactly. And that, but that's the that's the probably the most important day because you're climbing so high yeah. uh, to try and acclimatize and then you, you're dropping back down to sleep again so that's the point where you really start to feel uh, the altitude sickness right so as I say I, I wasn't on this trip I wasn't so affected other than headaches but um, there were a lot of people at that point who were vomiting diarrhea they were they were in a pretty bad way wow. the, the toilets were not yeah. so nice <laughs> so there's 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 your group of three yep. that have a support staff of the 13 yep. and then was there so there's other groups with you as well is there that's right yeah there's uh, well not with us um you, i mean everybody kind of camps at the same place and right. you see people out on the route right okay um but um, we, we were off generally before everybody else yeah. Um, and you wouldn't see so many people. I mean, the mountain wasn't so busy. Right. Uh, and right. we were on the busiest route. Because, I mean, what, one of the things that I've, I've read a little bit into Kilimanjaro, so, sometimes it is an incredibly busy mountain yeah. because of what you said before. Like, people maybe underestimate it a little yeah. bit. It's still one of the seven summits. Yeah. It's a high mountain. It's it's beautiful at the top because of all these things that we've, we've spoken about. And, and some people say that it's just like, People non-stop the yeah, way 35, up. Thirty-five thousand a year. Classic. Yeah, ah, is right. that right? Okay. Right. I mean, that was that was one of my <laughs> that was one of my concerns that it would just be a busy and, and yeah. I didn't want that at all. And thankfully, no. it wasn't like that at all. Oh wow! I mean, we would only see I don't know maybe 20, 30 people a day on, wow. on the trek, and then wow. you know when you get to the camp, there's probably there's probably about a hundred, hundred and fifty until you reach base camp, and then there's like a thousand or two thousand right. people. There's a right. lot of people at base camp. Yeah, that can something to do with that. The season for climbing this mountain is so big. I read something about from yeah. March until October. You can actually climb that. That's the peak time. Yeah. Maybe compared to some other mountains, that's that's a very long peak time. Yeah. And apparently yeah. September, September was the biggest or the busiest month. And, oh. and it wasn't. I mean, I, I, w- I was really, really worried that it would be too busy. But I was, I was pretty happy that it wasn't so busy. What was the feeling between the three of you, mate? You've got up to sort of four and a half thousand meters. A few days in, you start to get a little bit tired. Altitude sickness kicks in. 
one of you're all related quite nice you know at the start <laughs> in zanzibar but what was the feeling and and, and you know i obviously don't want to you to tell everyone that you started to hate your wife but you know how, how was how was the chat between the three of you it was fine actually every everything was fine until the ascent night right and and then it, it, it literally descended into madness but really? it was i mean the, the girls started to feel a little bit ill but they weren't you know they weren't being sick they yeah. they didn't have any any real problems it was just like everybody kind of had a headache and everyone yeah. was getting tired but the spirits were pretty high right um and it was all day hiking until until the night and then right. you know the, the the night of the ascent is um you know it was a whole different ball game right um I, I mean up until that point we were all getting on very well there were yeah. no arguments i mean there wasn't on the ascent night anyway but yeah. but uh, it was you know it was a totally different ball game completely so in what regard um i mean so on on the final day or the, the ascent day you basically walk for for seven hours you go up a place called baranco wall which is actually the only not technical, but the more difficult part of the of the climb, where you need to physically climb on rocks. I mean, right. the rest of the time you're just you're just trekking, you're just hiking. But this time you um, you're doing a bit of bouldering, which was new to all of you. Uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it wasn't it wasn't particularly difficult. But if you had any kind of mobility issues at all, you would you'd probably struggle. Right. So um, Neil Bryan's in his wheelchair would not be he he we would winch him up he would winch him up okay <laughs> neil bryan's doesn't have a wheelchair everyone <laughs> he is about 75 <laughs> um yeah so so you walk for like seven hours and then you get to the base camp which is yeah. pretty busy they, they set up the tents they force you to eat again and you're now uh how high are you? you're like uh 3900 or something right maybe, maybe higher this is um, day three right this is day four right which is the ascent day um so you, you you basically you arrive at base camp and then they force you to eat and then they tell you to go to sleep at like four o'clock in the afternoon right and base camps where i mentioned there's like thousands of people there yeah it's super noisy everybody's excited yeah um and you're supposed to wake up at eleven thirty and then like hike through the night so the idea is that you get there and you um you, you arrive for, for sunrise at the at the top at ahuru peak right um so we didn't we didn't get any sleep really i mean right. maybe, maybe like half an hour of sleep what's so the theory behind is it so you can be on the peak at sunrise yeah exactly which right. i wasn't actually that bothered about to be honest i, I right. mean i did question the guide a couple of times i was like you know do we have to climb overnight because you know i'm not so bothered about seeing sunrise actually i'm glad we did because yeah, it, was, of it was pretty amazing yeah um and, but yeah that's that's kind of that's what everybody does right and they set off at you know, 11 30 they wake you up they feed you again so there must just be like a mass stampede for the ascent. That's what you would, yeah. You would again. You would have thought, but there wasn't actually. I don't know if we were off a little bit earlier than everybody else. Right. Um, but but when we look down the mountain, you can see like a snake of people with their headlamps right. um, going up. But I would say um, probably not more than two hundred and fifty, three hundred people walking up at, at, right. that, at that one point. Is there just one pathway? Like yeah, from, the, from yeah, base camp path. up to the top. Yeah. One, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a very rough path. I wouldn't yeah. even call it a path. And right. You know, and and at this point it's it's so cold it was like really i mean i I guess when we set off it was probably like minus five minus ten and by the time we hit the top like minus 25 it was super cold i mean i was i was wearing my full ski gear that i wear like uh, for skiing in and i was wearing that twice so i was wearing like wow two ski jackets um, wow and my, my hands were freezing my I feet were freezing I wonder you had 13 porters to take all yeah. that stuff for <laughs> you I was carrying my own stuff <laughs> <laughs> mate your two ski suits is not 16 <laughs> kilos plus water I can work that out <laughs> 
So yeah. you you set off you set off at eleven. Talk us through a little bit of that, mate. They they because I think these are these are more the interest or some of the really interesting points and where there's a lot more emotion in it as well. You know, you're you, you're there. You've got to base camp. Yeah. It's the ascent day. Yeah. It's you know you're going to get there, but you've got to go to sleep at four. There's all these and like you said, there's people around you. So talk us through some of the emotions that are going on th- at the time. I, th- I think you you've got kind of a balance between excitement and then nervousness. And, yeah. and we were all quite nervous because because it was it was dark, it was cold, um, it, it seemed like a long way. Um, right. But but nothing could actually prepare you for how that ascent actually is. You know, you, it wasn't how I imagined at all. I mean, what did was, you imagine? I thought it'd be quite easy. Right. I just thought it would be the same as every other day. I just thought, you know, okay, it's a bit of a long walk, and yeah. and you just do it. But you know, you add the cold. You've got this the, the mental battle that that happens with yourself, where you 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 know you're constantly questioning, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for the certificate, the photo at the top? You know, what's the actual reason I'm doing this? Yeah. For? Um, and then you've got the altitude sickness. What as did well. you find out? Why? What was your why? Um, just to just, I mean, I, I, just to say that I'd, I'd done it. I mean, it was for me. It was it's like, um, yeah, it, it's a challenge yeah. um, that I think is. I still think is pretty difficult. I mean, technically, it's not difficult, yeah. but to to battle that is mentally is, is pretty difficult. If you can overcome and, things like this, yeah, you can probably I'm, overcome a lot of other things. Yeah, I'm really glad we did the challenge. Actually, it was it was super good. Um, but yeah, I mean the. You know, you, you you're also so worried about altitude sickness because right. because that's the one thing that you really can't control. Yeah. Um, so you know, we knew that we the fitness is not an issue, but but if you get sick, yeah. then you know, there's every chance that you have to turn down round and do it. And apparently, there's only like sixty or sixty five percent of uh, people on this route that we did that actually complete it. Wow. Um, which is actually pretty low thinking yeah, about it's it. Very you know? low, yeah. Um, and. Yeah, as I say, I was I was okay. I suffered with headaches, but my wife was hallucinating. At one point, she was trying to brush a parrot off my shoulder. Really? Did she um, get it? Yeah, she got bad altitude sickness, yeah. and, and her cousin no, did the as parrot. well. Oh, the parrot! Yeah, <laughs> 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 <Sorry>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dead people as well. She was seeing a lot. Really? Yeah, it yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I got when I was doing an ultra no man. I got hallucinations. It's yeah. very. Uh, it's the first time I've had it. I've never, I've never taken drugs that make you make you do that. I don't know. If I might start because <laughs> it was no, it was not. It's a very strange. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm interested in, in 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 that part, especially because it's it's almost like I think, like you said, with the altitude sickness, you pretty much everything you can control. And I'm a big fan of of not worrying about things that you can't control. But when things start happening to your body and your mind that you just literally like you get super tired on the air bike you stop and you know you've stopped but when you're getting i think it's altitude sickness and definitely in hallucinations stuff's happening that you've just you just don't you can't control it and it's a very very because it's all quite new and i guess every time you get it it's different as well it's is a very sort of I guess insecure or frightening situation. Yeah, a yeah, bit, yeah. Isn't I mean, it's, it, because you, like you say, you you know you can't control it. You don't really understand it. Yeah. Um. You, you don't know what's happening to your body. Like my, both girls were were sick a lot. I mean, they they couldn't hold any water down. So of course, vomiting, vomiting constantly. Wow. I mean, like every wow. step they would. And the guides were pretty good because we had a guide and an assistant guide, and they would take whoever was was not very well. Yeah. Like someone was being sick, then they would just take them to the side, and then let everybody else walk on because the problem is that temperatures if, if you stop you, know, yeah. you, you get demotivated you get very cold 
Um, so they would take the person off who was being sick and you know let everybody else walk on and then they would catch up. You know. right. They were very good at, at balancing that out. But the girls were were very sick. Um, yeah, a lot of vomiting and then, wow. then dehydration. I mean, the next day that they yeah. were so dehydrated because they just couldn't keep anything down. Yeah. Um, it was it was like walking with a couple of zombies. Really uh, to the top. Yeah. I mean, and was that from sort of when you set off about eleven thirty? All the way up? No, it was it, it was probably about an hour in. Oh, um, great! <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a good like four or five hours of of wow. of not great company. Um, wow. But what I mean, was you, you your look, you look they at the made photos. It. They made it, yeah. I mean, you look at the photos and and the faces. You know, they're they're able to push through. They, yeah, but they don't look happy about it. There's <laughs> 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 only me with a smile, actually. But that's, you know, I was I was lucky that I didn't get it. Especially because one thing going up, one thing coming down, right? Yeah. yeah. Was that in your mind, mate? Because I, you often hear about you know climbing mountains. Yeah, it's one thing getting there, but you always have to come down. Yeah. Was it in your mind, sort of? the descent as well not at all not really? uh, not in the slightest the, the only thing i mean of course once we once we actually reached the top getting down was like yeah we wanted to get down as fast as possible that was actually when i found problems because my knees were shot a bit really my knees and my quads were so tired yeah really i mean going up was was no issue but i was yeah my, my knees were really bad on the way down what was home. the last sort of half an hour hour like pushing towards the top uh well actually there's a there's a place called stella point which is about 45 minutes from the top which is right. where they, they stop and they uh, the guides give you hot tea so they've got a big flask of, of sweet black tea yeah. and they gave that to us all i think we all threw it up um, none of us could hold that down i mean it was wow. just, just too sweet but it was so hot at this point my wife's telling me that her hands are boiling hot and to take her gloves off and she's not really with it she's out the game um, really? Yeah, I mean, she she was literally saying my hands are boiling, and they were. I mean, it can't possibly have been. No, it was freezing cold. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we stopped there for maybe a minute, two minutes, and then we pushed on. And I, for me, that was the most exciting part because you're walking amongst the glaciers and the sun's coming up. You know, I, I really like that. But the girls were in a bit of a mess by that that point. They were they were really struggling. How did you get them up that last forty five minutes? Th- to then? be fair, they what they, was your they were motivational like, speech to them. <laughs> <laughs> Bear in mind that they might Get listen to this. <laughs> You're really holding me up right now. <laughs> this is getting boring. <laughs> now, to be fair, they were they were soldiers. I mean, they 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 no at no point did they look like they were actually going to turn around and, and not Amazing. do it. Um, they they soldiered on. Um, they didn't actually complain about anything. You know, they they just got on with it. So. I mean, it was a it was a big struggle, and as soon as we got to the top, you could tell that they wanted to turn straight around and go. You know, <laughs> I'm there posing for photos. Yeah, right. guy, some guys doing burpees at the top, and really, um, yeah, but they they wanted to turn around and go back, but but they were fine. I mean, they they handled it pretty well. I was I was impressed. no weakness, no weakness <laughs> at all. Not what was what was it like, mate? That last bit, sort of when you you know you you I guess you could see the top or feel the top from a little bit out, but the last few minutes going up yeah. to to the top quite, quite um, special yeah quite uh, yeah, you're kind of quite peaceful within yourself you know right. you, the sun's coming up you're surrounded by these beautiful glaciers yeah. you feel like you're at the top of the world you're going to say beautiful women as your wife ah, there. Uh, <laughs> with sick or animals <laughs> does she listen to this <laughs> never mind um, yeah obviously beautiful women as well yeah, um, yeah I mean it, it's just uh, and, and it's such an accomplishment I mean, you know you get to the yeah. top and you're like yeah I, uh, shit we made it we made it it was good how long do you stay at the top for? Five minutes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so and it, uh, that, that's a bit of a like the bit of a bottleneck there. People are like, you know, move out of the way. Let me take my photo. So right. So you just everybody sort of wants that photo. File through and and and, and, and uh, yeah, you've hit it. 
what's obviously there's a there's everything you've just done to get up you've got to do in, in reverse and as, as you were just yep. saying there your knees were sore your quads are sore what's happening in your mind and obviously just because you've made it to the top i guess there's a massive endorphin release yep. dopamine you start to feel temporarily better yeah but the you're still at altitude yeah you're still probably not in very good health shall we say yeah talk us through that a little bit i had a really bad headache um at the top so you know like you say you, you've got that sudden rush of endorphins and and then you start the descent and we were really tired by that point i mean really tired we hardly slept that night i mean we've been walking throughout the night um yeah we just wanted to get back to the to the camp and and get our head down but then uh, we were rushing down actually that's probably why my knees hurt so much we were, we were almost running down to try and get back um, managed to get like two hours of sleep but it was so hot by that point the sun was up so you've How's gone the body from reacting like yeah. descending that fast going up that's going up you need to go that slow but yeah. coming down I mean I guess you kind of need to go a little bit slower down as well yeah you should I mean I think you should also go pretty slow but we we we, we felt we all felt pretty sick <laughs> we're I mean, yeah, I mean, we and we were all really dehydrated as well. I mean, my my water froze. I was carrying two water bottles, two one liter water bottles, and a three liter Camelback as well, and more or less everything froze. So I kind of ran out of water almost at the top. Wow! But then that started to melt on the way down, so I could take more water on. But I, I was well out of water with probably another hour and a half to walk. What do they do about that? Because if your water's frozen. Everybody else, everyone water. else is, is probably yeah. Frozen. They they carry uh, extra um, bottles in their bag with heat um, hand warmers against it, so it doesn't freeze. All oh, right. So I didn't actually take any of their water, but just wanted to do it the tough way. <laughs> <or> <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't, I, didn't actually think about didn't it. Didn't think we got about it. <laughs> did, did, were, how was the thinking at, with with everything that's going on, mate? Did you lose a bit of sort of? reality or rationality yeah. in, in your thinking yeah, you, yeah, like you, reflecting you, on it yeah you, you, you don't really you're not thinking straight at all I mean it's right. the altitude really plays uh, it plays havoc with your brain I mean it, it really I mean that's the, the one thing that I say to people is when, when we were doing that ascent um, it, the, it's almost like the mountains doing everything possible uh, it's to, to mentally stop you from getting to the top you know it's, right. it's throwing out hallucinations it's making you sick it's giving you headache it's you know you just you just don't think logically at all yeah. um so like the, you know the thing with the water i'm out of water i know that the guide's got water but i didn't ask for any uh, any water so that's weird yeah huh? strange it's, it's a very strange situation to be in so you you descend where do you actually descend to where's the first the, so uh, as andre was saying like you went up quite slowly yeah. but you you come back quicker right yeah so i mean it was it was about six six and a half hours uh to get to the top from base camp right. and then probably about Probably about two hours back to base camp. Oh wow! Um, oh, so it was it was pretty quick. Sliding um, down. Yeah, literally, literally. I mean, we were literally like it was almost like skiing because it's scree. Yeah, you know, lots of little stones. You you can basically slide a lot. No way. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, we. Are we you were guys attached to each other? No, no, no. Okay. No, no, we <laughs> so, so chances of falling and pulling everyone down <laughs> and no, falling no, off no, the edge like you see in the Everest film. Yeah, yeah. Is out. So you, you go initially back to base camp. Yeah, back to base camp. Then then what happens? Uh, get to back into the tent sleep for a couple of hours at this point it's hot you're dehydrated I yeah. mean, we all felt terrible at this yeah, point we yeah. had such bad headaches yeah um just tried to take on more water um at base camp there's no water source either so the guys the porters bring 60 kg of, of uh sorry 60 liters of uh water with them yeah and then they top it up again but you, you're limited with with what water you have there right um so then yeah a couple of hours sleep then they force you to eat again and then you're back down to the next camp 
And so, how far is so the next one? So, same day. So, you, same you, day. Another like four or five hours. Uh, so, walking. literally, we were shattered. Yeah, you've been awake. You've been up to the. So I'm just trying yeah. to figure out the timelines. Within about 26 hours, yeah. you've been up to the top. Yep. Back down, yep. back down to another camp with yep. no sleep. Exactly. So wow. you, you're totally, totally knackered by so that. So it's time. five days up, and how many days down? Uh, two days down. Two days down. Right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So then, did you sleep well? That very, that very well. That was the, that was the only night we slept because because we'd been at such a high altitude, and then we dropped right down. Yeah. Um, we we had like. I think we were we were all so tired. They brought us food. We couldn't. None of us could eat. It was just. I mean, yeah. we just sort of left it. it what like, is what's the food like, mate? That they, they it's pretty good actually. We were yeah. we were amazed um, how good it was. I mean, it, it varies between uh, the only day um, that they don't give you like fresh uh, protein um, is a, a base camp. Right. The rest of the time, they'll they, you know they'll bring you chicken um, wow. and they'll do like a, a stir fry or wow. something like that. Some days it's spaghetti, but. It was, it was always it was always pretty good. I'm yeah, quite impressed. They so even made fresh popcorn up the mountain. <laughs> sounds like yeah, sounds like your <laughs> like holiday. holiday camp. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. It's so you climb the mountain, you've come down, you're back home. How does it feel? Shower. <laughs> I was so like I was so dirty. I was like my. I, I, it was so dusty there as well. Like it's not like camping in the UK where you know you, you have nice grass to, to camp on. It was like thick volcanic dust and it just gets everywhere it gets really? into your nails and your hair if you have hair in your beard, <laughs> in your beard. <laughs> um, Don't know about yeah that. i mean we were filthy and uh, yeah we were just desperate for a shower so it was really nice to get back um get a bit of wi-fi uh, <laughs> have a beer and um yeah have a shower isn't there a isn't there an option to have your porters to carry a beer up for you? No alcohol on the mountain. Really? What? Yeah, I wow. know. I, mem- I remember when we were in Nepal. I remember drinking the whole way around. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, in uh, yeah, in Kilimanjaro, there's no no alcohol on the mountain. They must Wait. be losing some business in that. My dad be. was telling me he. I think he did it about 20 years ago, and he he said to him like he wasn't interested because he was interested to get to the top and he didn't want to have altitude sickness and have a beer take him down but he said on each camp the price of a beer went up <laughs> by yeah. like two dollars or something yeah. like that I, d- I don't know how true that is i don't know no, there was no i mean on the route that we took there was no shops nothing you nothing. couldn't buy anything no. wow so. mate talk us through a little bit about the, the 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 stats on it like how do people get involved approximately what did it cost you what equipment did you need this kind of stuff because uh, mate, for me, it's massively inspirational what you've done. I, you know, it's, it's it's a great story. I think the amount of times that the story uh, that Kilimanjaro has been sort of taken lightly, but no one really gets it. You've really explained it super well. How if if someone's like, yeah, I want to get involved in it. How did you, aside from a random phone call, <laughs> how how did you get involved? Who do you organise it through? What do you pay? All of that stuff. Okay, um, we we actually used um, a, a friend of ours called called Sam Barber, who works for a company called Travel Counselors, um, right. and she she hooked us up with the with the whole thing. So she arranged, right. you know, she sent us through the various options and uh, various routes, and, and yep. like with the, I mean, the, the printed itinerary, which was really good, told yep. us you know how many days uh, you're going for, what you're going to walk on each day, and right. gave us a, a lot of background. So that was. That was really good to, to sort of set us uh, set us going on, on the right path. Yeah, um, she arranged all the flights and everything as well. Awesome. Um, it's uh, what five and a half six hours flight from here to, to Dar es Salaam. So Dubai Dar es Salaam. Yep. Um, we had a couple of days in Zanzibar first, and then went off on on the trek. Uh, the cost was probably about I think it was we paid in pounds because it was in the in the UK one thousand three hundred pounds. So all right. So just on. 
under ten thousand dirhams. Under like ten thousand dirhams. Yeah, and that and that's for every that included the internal flights, that included all your food, the porters, everything. Wow. Um, okay. So literally, get to Dar es Salaam, and the next five days, you're you're yeah. all taken care yeah. of. Yeah. So they pick so you up reasonable. from the airport, they take yeah. you to the hotel, you spend one night, uh, two nights actually in the hotel at the at the start and at the end. Right. Um, cool. So yeah, it's not it's not too bad at all. It was right. it was very reasonable. We were expecting to pay a lot more, yeah. and the quality of the guides that we got were were excellent. What about equipment-wise? Was there a big... In- I mean, you said you used ski suits. Was yeah, there an I investment mean, from your side in equipment? The only, thing, the only thing I bought was like a camel pack. Um, I bought sleeping bags because I didn't really want to use a used sleeping bag. You can yeah. rent everything when you're there. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, literally everything. You could, you could turn up empty-handed and, and the hotel that we were at had a big storeroom and they rent all the equipment. So you, you literally don't need anything. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We took we took our own sleeping bags and then we just gave them away to the porters afterwards. Um, awesome. I would take you know obviously your own hiking boots is pretty important. Yeah. Mine, were, mine were box fresh. Uh, really? Oh, Fine, oh. but I didn't. Blisters? Didn't you don't really uh, recommend that? Huh? No, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that. But, uh, a couple of blisters, but nothing too bad. Only on the way down, actually. Oh, uh, the way up was fine. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, yeah, and, and just uh, a, a cold weather wear, lots of layers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, get it done. Get it, get it done. Mate, biggest sort of learning from it, if you could sum up maybe one or two points? Um, I think for me it was like, like on, the, on the ascent night, um, this kind of questioning that came into my head, which doesn't normally happen. You know, yeah. like you do, I mean, I've not done so many things like this, but I, like, I kept equating it back to the, the marathon row that, uh, yeah. that I did with you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you're on that row for a certain amount of time and you're just thinking, you know, you're questioning constantly, why am I doing this? Why yeah, am I doing this? You know, yeah. you need to get that out of your head and just say, you know, I'm doing this because it's, you know, it's a good thing. It's yeah, a challenge. Yeah. Get to the top. Stop questioning it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I heard this cool quote one day from a guy named Julian Pino, who's a strong man. Yeah. And um, he also talks about all these questions that pop into people's head. And his first recommendation is just burn the questions. Yeah. All the questions comes up, just burn them. Yeah. Uh, Get about them, just like you say you did. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think ultimately it was like every everybody that I've spoken to. Yeah, I think that's you know it sounds really cool, and I, I would really. I'm so glad we did it. Yeah. You know, at the time, yeah. at the time, it didn't feel like you know that ascent night. Yeah, will Stay with me forever. I mean, yeah. it was it was like it was hot. And looking at the, looking at my wife throwing up every yeah, five seconds is, is not so good either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was an amazing challenge, and I'm so glad we did it. So yeah. I, I'd recommend that people do doing it. it together is amazing as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That must bring something extra. Yeah. I'm glad actually that there were three of us and not just me and my wife because then yeah, I think it's too easy to pull each other down and yeah, yeah. And yeah. we'd probably had arguments. But with the third wheel, it was uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> the third <laughs> Mate, the future inspiration is it inspired you to do more of the same or different challenges or where's your head at on that? I know it's quite soon after. Yeah, it's 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 actually it's insp- it's more about the the traveling for me because right. you know I travel a lot with work, yeah. um, which I'm hoping to to not do so much. But um, for me, it's more it's more about getting out and doing different things, and yeah. it's maybe not about this, you know. Maybe not about you know doing a trek or, or doing doing a specific type of um, endurance challenge or something, but my wife and I w- we mentioned that we were going to do the rickshaw challenge, rickshaw right. rally next year, which is basically in where Sri Lanka. No, in India. Okay, there probably is one in Sri Lanka. I think there is one in Sri Lanka as um, well. Yeah. You, you basically take a, you take a rickshaw yeah. and, and you go on like a, a big three week yeah. uh, trip in this rickshaw. Yeah. So I mean that sounded pretty like a good time. 
Yeah. Be fun. Pretty dangerous, apparently, as well. Yeah. I just uh, was talking to one of the members has just done one in Sri Lanka. Okay. Uh, I think they did about eight days. They linked it to a charity. Super cool. You just basically ride in these things yeah. the whole day. And maybe we should organize a, a, a gym trip yeah. over there. That'd sounds be, cool. That sounds like a decent I don't think challenge. there's much fitness happening, though. I think there's a lot of drinking. Yeah, that's that was the only thing I was going to question you. Like, would you run behind and I drive nah. it? Or <laughs> but uh, but definitely some motivation to do different challenges, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you do something like this, and um, you know, you don't need to do them all the time, but just no. every now and again, it's uh, it's nice to get involved in something like this. So yeah, I'd love to. I'd like to go back to Nepal, and I'd love to go to Everest Base Camp actually, and yeah. uh, cool. give that a shot. Mate, Moonshine's planning to go to K two Base Camp next nice. year. So yeah, my father yeah. went to K2 base camp. Actually, I saw yeah, the yeah. Uh, I saw the photos and pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, nice. it's good. It's definitely a good place to go and take pictures. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. That's awesome. Kilimanjaro. That's it. Mate, very, very, very impressive. And congratulations again. Thank you very much. Yeah. We, we, by the way, you get a gold certificate when you when you reach the top. Really? Yeah, a green certificate if you reach the stellar point. Right. And gold if you make it all the way to the top. So you frame that and put it up in the I put in it the in bar. The, put it in the bin last night. Actually. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too many certificates and stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, uber qualified. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Mate, thank you very much for taking the time to, to chat to us. And uh, I'm, sure that's, I'm sure that's a lot of inspiration for, for a lot of people, mate. Yeah, yeah a, get it done. It's a very cool thing. Awesome. Thanks so much. Cool. Cheers. Take care, guys. Awesome work. There we go, mate. What do you reckon, man? Inspired? Very inspired. Yeah? Possibly a challenge I would do myself one day. What do you reckon, like, it was interesting to hear from, from Savage about the climbing to the summit and getting to the summit. That would be a special time, huh? Reaching that day. Reaching that. With the sunrise and everything. Sounds romantic. Almost. Sounds pretty cool. It? But uh, something definitely, uh, maybe we should pick a mountain, huh? Something higher? Let's see. Let's see. Mate, another good show. Another Got good some show. more good guests coming up and few more little bits that we're working on as well but there we go second podcast all done for big dr dre easy easy <laughs> cool mate till next time yep see ya let's finish up with a massive shout out to our show sponsors smith street paleo remember hop over to itunes give our podcast a rating leave a comment over there and we will send you a bag of smith street paleo goodies remember just send us an email winning at let us know you've done that until next time, take care.